Hey, what's going on everybody? Maddie Moon here and I'm super duper excited today because I get to announce something that has been in the works for like a month now, but it's been in my mind for like, you know, a year. I've been wanting to do this. Finally got it done. So I'm super excited to get to announce it. And the reason why I did not have a podcast released on Wednesday is because I was waiting for this to be finalized and it took a couple more days than I thought. So, um, should have just released this episode on Wednesday, but you know, better now than then when I could have done it wrong. I don't know, whatever, but it's here now. And this is an amazing episode. I'm really, really excited about it. One of those episodes that I will probably go back and listen to myself several times. But before we get to that, I have to announce my exciting news. And that is that I now have a new website. Yeah. Yep. I'm so excited. Um, So moonfitness.net, which I've loved and I've used for quite a few years now, um, is now being transferred over to my new domain mindbodymusings.com. So I'm really excited. It was kind of scary because people know my website as moonfitness.net. It's bookmarked as that on some people's computers. I was worried about my podcast RSS feed being transferred correctly and losing some of you guys, Um, but everything went well. Um, That's why I was waiting to release that uh, this podcast because I just wanted to make sure everything went through right and that my website was perfected. It is. I'm so excited. This is crazy awesome for me, and um, yeah, I'm just really, I'm really stoked. So thanks for sticking in there with me. Um, I don't expect any more changes in the future. So just if you have moonfitness.net in your um, in your computer bookmark, if you could just take one second to go to uh, mindbodymusings.com and bookmark that instead, and um, I mean it'd be awesome if you would share it no pressure there just take a look around it's very different i have quite a few new features that you'll see on there Um, my podcast is now the main focus but if you go there you will also see i have a work with me tab where i offer consultations and um, 12-week programs which is pretty new for me i've done the 12-week program thing before but it was much more uh, diet and fitness focused and it still can be if that's what you want but um, a much more uh, holistic approach and um, the consultations pretty much we can just talk a little bit beforehand about what your um, main concerns are your focuses whether it's body image or weight loss and we'll do it the right way and we'll talk through it because I think half of this has to do with the mental aspects as you know I'm very much in tune with the mind-body connection so check that out see that I'm now offering the 12-week programs I also have consultations I have a um, bio and services page. I have a favorite things section where you can see my favorite books, my favorite cookbooks, all my favorite stuff, my tools in the kitchen, um, my affiliates. Yes, they are affiliate links, just letting you guys know. So if you do buy something, then I get um, tiny little commission, which is a great way to support the podcast because podcasts are podcasts, podcasts are expensive. So They are not free to create, but I don't make any money on them, so that's a great way to support the show. Again, no pressure, just throwing that out there. Um, You guys rock. I appreciate you so much, and are you ready for the show? I'm ready for the show. Let's get started. You're listening to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. 
I'm fitness and nutrition expert Maddie Moon, here to enlighten you on how to live your life in a way that promotes satiation, thrivation, and self-appreciation. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast with Maddie Moon. This is the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. For episode 14, I have invited a guest to join me that really needs no introduction, but deserves the best one anyways. Sean Stevenson is the creator of the Model Health Show, one of the number one podcasts in the health and fitness world to date. He is the author of the best-selling book, Sleep Smarter, which has been helping people all across the world learn how to sleep more effectively for their overall health. Sean's podcast topics cover pretty much every single thing you could want to know about, including sleep, food, hormones, stress, body image, aging, and so on. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much. That intro makes me sound so cool. I appreciate you, it. You are so cool. I'm so <laughs> excited. Like for anyone that does not currently listen or subscribe to Sean's podcast, it's awesome. And I mean, a lot of times people ask me what kind of shows I like to listen to. And I love yours because you cover way more than food. Like you cover so many different topics and like stuff I would never even expect to be on like a health show. And yeah. It like all comes down to health. You just don't really think about it. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, the, the health conversation usually revolves around diet and exercise, mm -hmm. you know, and that's pretty much it. But there's so much more to us. And, you know, and this is some of the stuff I like to dive into because I'm here in my clinic now and I see people coming in on a day to day basis that, you know, may be struggling with their health and they might be eating a good diet. They might be exercising usually too much. But then yeah. what's going on? But they're not getting the results they're looking for. So what's going on with their sleep? What's going on with the stress? What's going on with their relationships? All of that can elicit certain epigenetic programs, you know, and actually change the way your body's printing out copies of you. You know, it's really fascinating stuff. And yeah, I love to talk about all that stuff. And you know how I do it. I go in depth like to the nth mm -hmm. degree, but I make it all make sense and I make it fun. So yeah, you do make it fun. It's not boring and it's it's like really applicable stuff like you can yeah. walk away after listening to your podcast and try something new that very day and like add something to your life that you didn't add before that will benefit you in some way so thank you for that awesome thank you <laughs> yeah. that's like the best compliment ever oh, thank it's, you. it's very true and um the very first thing that i do with these shows usually is kind of dive into the guest's background so mm -hmm. if you don't mind we would love to know how you got to where you are today and how you became so interested in health and fitness all right. Well, I'll make this the short version, of course. Um, for me, this started when I was uh, 20 years old, and I'm, at, I'm about to be 35 now. And so this was going on 14, 15 years ago. And um, so when I was 20 years old, I was an aspiring athlete, you know, playing football and that whole thing. And then I had a rude awakening when my leg started giving me problems. Like I had problems walking, I had problems just generating torque and just driving my leg like my leg wouldn't react properly and eventually I went and got and plus there was a lot of pain I went and got an MRI done um, via my doctor which I was like this is my leg that hurts why am I getting giving, getting an MRI of my spine and we got the scans back and he sat me down in his office 
and proceeded to tell me that I had the spine of an 80-year-old, that my, yeah. my spine was degenerating rapidly and I had this disease called um, degenerative, degenerative disc disease, right? So I've, all of a sudden, I thought I was healthy, now I've got a disease, right? So my brain is just spinning all over the place and I don't really know what's going on. And there's a good end to the story though, everybody. So just sit tight. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there and I asked a doctor and to this day, Maddie, I like, I have no idea where this question came from. It must've been like my future self came back into my body or something. But I asked him, so what do we need to do to fix this? Does this have anything to do with what I'm eating? Should I exercise differently? And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, and you know, and this is, a, this is a few years back, you know, a lot has changed since then, but not much, but at that time, and he looked at me like I was crazy and he said, this has nothing to do with what you're eating. This has nothing to do with what you're eating. You've got the spine of an 80 year old son. This is something that you're just gonna have to manage. We're gonna get you a back brace. And for whatever reason, that answer didn't sit well with my soul. And I asked him again, I was like, so should I change my diet or, you know, just very unsure of myself. And I had no, no idea about nutrition at the time. And he got frustrated with me and he, you know, repeated what he said again. And he proceeded to tell me, this has nothing to do with what you're eating. But then, Maddie, he wrote me a prescription for me to eat some pills. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he said, this has nothing to do with what you're eating, but I want you to eat these pills anyways. You know, so it's like this whole contradictory paradigm I was dealing with where it was really about pharma pharmaceutical treatment, surgery, and they didn't really have a lot of options. So fast forward two and a half years, I'm, I'm wearing this back brace all the time, taking all this medication. And really, I mean, I was pretty much depressed at the time, you know, like, I'd gained a bunch of weight because, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm not active. And of course, I'm on the college. I was in college at the time. So I was on the college diet. So I'm eating like Papa John's and, you know, Chinese food all the time. And so, but everything changed one night when I was about to take my medication uh, to help me sleep. And I can't believe I, I even did that. But I was sitting on my bed and I thought about all of the potential that my, it was my grandmother just came into my mind and she had been calling me kind of getting on my nerves. And I just realized like I wasn't really living up to my potential and I was just sitting back and letting life happen to me instead of me happening to life. You know, so I made a decision right there that I was going to get well, no matter what, come what may, I'm going to get better. And I'm not gonna keep on asking these disempowering questions. Why me? Why won't somebody help me? You know, why can't I get better? Instead, I started to shift the questions I was asking and started asking things like, what is it that I need to do to get well? What is it that I need to do to have better health than I've ever had? And our brains literally are wired and operate on the questions that we ask. You can't ask a question and not search for an answer. It's just how we're wired up. And of course, I started to get into like quantum physics and metaphysics and just looking at how things are, you know, our perception has changed and how we can attract things into our life in a certain way, very subtle way. But fast forward again, six weeks later, I lost about 30 pounds. It was as if I had never been in pain ever. Like my body felt so amazing. And the transformation that took place was pretty shocking from the outside, you know, for people to see that. Not just the weight loss, but there was vitality back in my body, like in my eyes, like I had a glow again in my eyes. And I just felt so amazing. A couple months later, I go back to get a scan with my doctor and I got some juiciness back into my disc, which he said was impossible. I had two herniated discs that had retracted. And basically, my spine was looking sexier. And he didn't have any rational explanation for this. So he just said, 
you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And that's what I've worked with thousands of clients now in my own practice. And I can't even tell you how many times my clients, former doctors have said the same thing once they get well. So, you know, some of the things we can cover today is how did I actually get well? How did I regenerate my spine? And how did I get into, you know, really being at the cutting edge of this stuff? Because when I got better and people started to notice that, people started to ask me for help. And that's really the birthing of my career. I shifted my focus over in college to biology, kinesiology, and started to study some of the right and wrong things in school, which they teach you a lot of the wrong things. And, you know, it just really birthed my passion for helping other people. So even though it was a little bit of a drama story that I went through, I'm so grateful I did because I wouldn't be who I am today. So Wow, that's incredible. So you really made the phrase, food is thy medicine, come to life. I mean, yes. like food yes. in your case and in everyone's case, really, but that is an extreme case of food really being medicine. And I mean, kudos to you. That's, an, that's an really incredible and inspiring. And I actually didn't know that 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 was your background. And yeah. I'm just like, I can't even believe it. I can't even imagine putting myself in that position and, you know, getting a doctor to write me a prescription and actually going beyond that and saying there's got to be right. something more and to actually figure it out on your own and heal it. And wow, that's, that's incredible. So thank you for sharing thank you. that. I, I, you're, you're welcome. I mean, I really, and I want everybody to, to take this away as well is that oftentimes, you know, we have all these dormant capacities and gifts and talents. Like I had no idea that I was going to get into the field of health. Like I thought I was going to be like a CFO or something, you know, like I had no idea, but it was because of the, the, the hard time or the struggle or the challenge that I went through. And it's just how quickly you can see the gift in it, you know, and that's what I encourage people to do oftentimes is like start to practice radical optimism you know, so even when a negative situation shows up, start to ask, you know, what's good about this? Or um, what's, what, what, what is this trying to teach me? You know, and it's just how quickly we ask those questions because it's really tough when we're going through something like some drama, right? It's, it's hard to be optimistic, mm -hmm. but that starts to train a muscle and you start to develop more inner strength and more um, just versatility and so much more passion and drive and like so many other things that start to emerge in you that you didn't even know was there but I guarantee you it's there it's just you getting out of the state of being a victim you know and and that's one of the things I want people to really walk away with especially when they get a chance to hear from me or you know see me in a live event or something like that is that they are so much more in control of their health and their and their wellness and their ability to share their gifts than they have any idea about so thank you thank you so much Maddie yeah, I think that's something that's very important that we often neglect is training that muscle to see, to feel the gratitude in everyday little things. I've actually started to do, I have this little jar in my kitchen and I rip off a piece of paper every day and I write down two things. I write down uh, what I'm grateful for when I, like right when I get out of bed and then my intention for the day. So I go ahead and just say thank you for this and whatever my intention is and I make sure it's really specific. So it's not like, you know, drive you know like be happy or today or right. whatever I'm, I'm like okay for my intention for today is to not be on my phone as much as you know I, I normally want to or not look at my phone for the first three hours of the morning or something like that something mm -hmm. I can actually do and it's really good it keeps me accountable to you know notice the small things and to be grateful for everything and that's helped me to be calm in a lot of areas in life like not get as frustrated as I could get. And I mean, it's made a huge difference for sure. Yeah. 
That's a gr- that's an awesome strategy, and I hope every- everybody's kind of listening to that one. That's yeah. really, really great. Yeah, it's kind of cool seeing that cute little mason jar, and I'm like, oh, got to write down my intention, got to see what I'm grateful for. Um, yeah, so since we're talking about this, I really, I'm sure everyone wants to know what, what in, in terms of diet, so we'll just start there. What, what did you figure out for your body to heal yourself in terms of diet? What did you need to, I mean, we all know that processed foods are not good, but you probably went the yeah. extra mile. So what did you yeah. do to figure that out for your body? Awesome. Well, in the beginning, um, it was just kind of by default. You know, I did the things that I knew how to do, even though I didn't know the underlying factors with it. So one of the first things that I did, and this is like Captain Obvious right here, is I stopped eating fast food Mm -hmm. and I stopped eating processed food. And I didn't know, I knew it was bad for me, but I didn't know why it was bad for me. And instead of eating, you know, McDonald's cheeseburgers or whatever, I just started to make my own. You know, so even though I was making a lot of the same foods, I start to get higher quality foods. And eventually, you know, I was one of the first people shopping at like Whole Foods or whatever. (laughs) I used to shop there. It was just like me and some random old guy would be in the store, you know, (laughs) and and like some professional athlete. And now it's crazy. It's so packed. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so I start to upgrade the quality of my food. And just by the very nature of you paying more attention by you preparing your own food, there's a lot more care and love that goes into that process and that in of itself can be very healing and I don't like to get all like woo woo you know uh, airy fairy but the reality is that when you start to pay more attention to yourself your body will give you so much more return it's just like thanking you for paying attention versus when you go through the drive through and that whole system is just built on greed on 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 money on stress, you know, the people that are are working there oftentimes, they don't want to be working there. They don't want to serve you that food, you know, and even the food itself, factory farmed animals, very, very low quality ingredients. And it's just, it's a lot of suffering that you're eating. You know, when you put that into your body, it's literally going to elicit, you know, epigenetic programs like I talked about a little bit earlier. So, So for example, if somebody goes and they're eating a factory farmed burger, which if they're going to any fast food places, what they're getting that animal has been treated with antibiotics, hormones its entire life. And what we know now is that the animal's tissues itself is much higher in omega-6 fatty acids. So these are pro-inflammatory fatty acids. So this is going to create inflammation in your body immediately by you consuming that food versus if you're getting it higher quality, you know, grass-fed, that whole thing is going to have a higher ratio of omega-3s. You're going to get so much more uh, healthy nutrients. You're not going to get exposed to the antibiotics that are in that animal's tissues because the animal is going to be, you know, sick basically. And here's a little crazy fact I heard way, way back in the day is that, uh, the, the majority around 80% of the, the factory farm cows that people are consuming have a human equivalent, equivalent of leukemia, you know, so like a, a blood disorder, blood disease. And this is because we're eating animals that are eating the wrong things. So it's not you are what you eat, it's you are what you, what you eat ate, you know, in many right. cases. And so I started to really reel back and start to make my own food, start to upgrade the ingredients. And eventually, Maddie, this brought me to a place, and this was maybe about a year and a half later, where my health just, just oh my, I can't even put it to words what happened. You know, I was already feeling great. And the funny thing is like, you don't know how good you can feel until it happens. So I started to really incorporate more living foods. And I started to look at 
what are the foods required for example studying my spine the disc in your spine are made of you know the collagen they require vitamin c they require um all these different uh sulfur compounds and i was like what are the foods that are going to give these things to my body because here's one of the biggest takeaways is that your body requires you to give it the raw materials it needs to rebuild you if you don't give it the raw materials it's like going to leech uh and kind of rob peter to pay paul to you know for example for my spine it was leaching the calcium from my spine to aid in clotting my blood for example like your blood needs calcium more so than your bones and your body works on a hierarchy you know so it knows what to do first so it's just kind of pulling that min- those minerals away because i wasn't bringing it in through my diet and the crazy thing is maddie i was like i was guzzling milk like crazy you know i was still drinking a bunch of milk but the the funny thing that people don't understand when we look at biochemistry is that that milk is the vitamin C, I'm sorry, the calcium that's in milk is not bioavailable. It's been pasteurized, homogenized, and it's changed. You know, the Mendelus table of elements that we learn in chemistry class. So if you look at calcium on that table, that's a measure of ash. Okay. It's not a live calcium. You know, it's not what calcium would be doing in nature. This is after calcium has been burnt down to the ground. So our science is based off of this messed up table of elements telling us that, you know, all we need to do is get some calcium in and it's okay. But there's like 20 different forms of calcium. You know, there's, we now know there's like, there's four vitamin Ds. There's like 12 B12s or 10 or eight, something like that. But all this stuff operates differently in nature. And so I started to look to nature and getting more living foods into my body. So for my spine in particular, I started to consume this food that a lot of people don't know is food. They think it's like lotion or something, aloe vera was one of those really fascinating and powerful foods I began to, you know, basically fillet out a piece of that gel and throwing it into like a smoothie or something. And it's actually pretty, it's very bitter. It's not delicious at all. That's why I blend it with like raw chocolate and some other stuff. But anyways, um, it has polysaccharides in there. And these are essential sugars. So we hear about essential proteins, essential fats. What about the sugars? And these are longer chain sugars, so they're more bitter. All right. And this what we discovered in science is that our cells are actually communicating via polysaccharides, which is fascinating stuff because they thought it was amino acids. But once we got powerful enough microscopes, we can see that cells are communicating being these poly- polysaccharides. So I started to basically increase the cellular communication in my body by getting these foods into my body. And it just brought on a, a level of health that was just like I had no idea it was possible. And one other thing I want to share with everybody is just, and again, this one is Captain Obvious right here, is um, hydration. I was drinking maybe like, maybe a glass of water a day back when I was, you know, injured and sick because I, it just didn't matter, you know, it didn't matter. But one of the things I recommend for people that are especially recovering from energy, uh, in injuries is to super hydrate their system. Uh, because for me, number one, the disc in your back are not vascular. They're non-vascular. So that means blood supply, nutrients don't get there directly. So we're going to have a, a tendency to lose our function there very quickly. So it actually gets the nutrition or the um, hydration through a process of remote diffusion. So it's basically like it kind of gets pulled through a wall, essentially. And you've got to have so much liquid in your body available for it to be able to do that. And oftentimes we're just not drinking enough. So I start to really super hydrate my system. I started eating a lot more living foods that have all the active, alive vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, 
enzymes, phytonutrients, phytochemicals, all this magical stuff that you don't get when you're eating like Cheerios, right? You mm -hmm. know, so I started to eat all these amazing foods and get them into my body and just watched as, you know, levels of health and, and vitality really started to take place in my body. Yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's awesome. And if I remember correctly, you also are, or you were a big fan of juicing to get in those nutrients, right? Yes. I definitely yeah. am a fan of, a fan of getting juicy. You know, so, and for me, it was really like more of a um, a gateway mm -hmm. drug for health, I guess. Right. Because I didn't eat a lot of green vegetables. Like it just wasn't feeling it. I couldn't do the kale. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. But when I juiced them, I was getting them into my body, delivering that intelligence into my body. And it started to reset my palate. You know, I'm not saying like juicing is the holy grail at all. Mm -hmm. It's just a tool that can be very useful for some people sometime. You know, it might be that thing that just can really, really change the game for you. And it's a really simple way to deliver a lot of bioavailable nutrients without their, your body having to process the fiber. And again, it's just like, it's not that the fiber is bad. It's just, this is a tool. It's kind of like the best multivitamin ever. You know, instead of taking like, what is that stuff? Centrum, silver, yeah. whatever people are taking, Flintstones. right? Right. And they're delicious. You know, Flintstones chewables. I love those mm -hmm. as a kid. But those are made in a laboratory, mm -hmm. you know? And they're saying you've got like, yeah, you've got like 2,000% of your daily RDA, whatever, of fake processed nutrients. And again, this stuff is synthetic. So your body doesn't even recognize that, you know? So if you're going to go for a multivitamin, I highly recommend instead you invest in getting a juicer and just make yourself a little. Um, you know, eight ounce glass of juice every day and get all those minerals and vitamins via that way. And you're going to be actually getting the thing, first of all, and you're going to save money in the long run too. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I had, I had the best juice of my entire life. Actually, you know, I, I haven't juiced much. I think I probably had like five juices ever. <laughs> like I just eat a lot of salads, but we have yeah. this new cold press uh, juice bar in Boulder and I was at nice. this natural foods meeting and they came. Um, it's called Wonder Press. If anyone's listening that lives in Boulder, check them out. They're really great. But they make these uh, more sweet juices, you know, probably not, you know, yeah. the absolute nutritious in regards to like the greens, but definitely right up my alley. They made one that was like carrots, sweet potato, and cinnamon, allspice. Um, cloves and just like all those flavors and it was just like oh my god so good <laughs> it was like a dessert they called it the yam cookie so Dang. <laughs> well there you have it you know just yesterday so funny you you said that I went to a farmer's market we did this shopping with Sean day so it was like you know a bunch of people came out and I took them around and talked to the farmers and you know some of the people knew me there but um, there was a guy who he had it's called juice masters right is he has a um a food truck where he makes juices and smoothies and he drove up and he brings it to the farmer's market. So it was such a great experience to have someone else make my juice and I don't have to clean the juicer, you know, like that was such a pleasurable experience. And, um, it was one of those things so interesting how everything's changing now. Like you just said, it's a new place. More and more of these mm -hmm. places are popping up all over the place and we're going to make these things available, you know, whereas we've got this culture that's really, been misled so much and even in you know with body image and that whole thing which we're going to talk about today hopefully yeah. and 
everything is changing right now, but it's just how quickly are you going to get the memo? Are you connected to information like what Maddie's putting out? Or are we kind of on the, like the Kardashian reality TV diet? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. And yeah, this it's, it's so interesting to see all this stuff changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it's incredible to watch, you know, the mainstream start to kind of get with it and kind of understand what's going on. But, you know, you just pointed out our next topic, and I'm really excited to get to get onto this. And um, me and you kind of had a conversation about this offline a few weeks ago, and we were talking about body image and just the the, the direction that you know, mainstream society is telling women they need to go and how it's kind of messing with our heads and, you yeah. know, cultivating self-criticism. And you made some really good points and they were kind of scientific-y. Like the, <laughs> the reason why men, you know, they don't yeah. see our bodies the way we do. And right. can you just kind of elaborate on that so everyone else knows what, what the heck I'm talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, first of all, you know, one of the things that I talked about earlier is that the diet health connection is usually revolves around, you know, basically nutrition and exercise, and that's it. And we've gotten really this weird, misconstrued idea about what health is today. And we see the magazines, and we see the videos, and we see, you know, all these different individuals who are out there in the in the in the limelight, in a way, who are supposed to be the ideal of what we should all aspire to. And oftentimes, and I've had the opportunity to work with people in you know, the um, entertainment business and, and celebrities and that whole thing. And so many times they've got some really funky stuff going on behind the scenes, you know, dealing with their own body image, dealing with, quote, eating disorders and, and really struggling trying to maintain this image because they have been pro programmed as well that they're supposed to look a certain way. And it's just a tremendous amount of suffering. And that really just in of itself hurts me so much because life is not about suffering. You know, that's optional. Life is about love and about giving your gifts and about happiness. And it's your choice. It's your opportunity to have that if you're aware, you know. So with that said, one of the big things that I want people to understand, especially women, is that the idea that's been promoted that, you know, you're supposed to have like a four pack and you're supposed to be able to, you know, your thighs aren't supposed to touch and all this crazy stuff. That is literally created to to make to, to to make money you know to sell products all right it has no basis in reality because for men we literally have a primal subconscious attraction and it's an evolutionary advantage when we see women that have more body fat on their frame you know we're literally designed to see that and to be more attracted to that not what's been promoted about you know being skinny and being super lean like 12% body fat or 10% body fat or whatever the case may be, that idea, again, has been promoted by different outlets out there. And it's making women basically have these internal battles with themselves because they're not fitting that mold. Now, here's, here's another reason why. That subconscious attraction, that very primal attraction, this is built on very solid, solid science, evolutionary biology. And when, when a male subconsciously, this is not usually a conscious thing, but sometimes it is. But subconsciously, when we see a female that has um, an adequate amount of body fat, that is telling us that she is more capable of bearing a child and being able to nourish that child and bring it to a full, uh, a full birth and to have a healthy child, all right? Because 
a low body fat percentage would tell us that the, that child will probably not be able to procure the amount of nutrition needs uh, that it needs to really thrive. And, you know, that we've got to, and it's kind of weird, Maddie, that we're even talking about this because we kind of got to get back to the real basics of this whole thing that even though we've got all this technology and like I'm talking into a microphone and we're talking from across the, the United States right now, and this is all awesome, but we are literally des- designed to procreate. You know, that's the one thing we know. Humans are basically wired up for evolution to create another offspring and to keep it moving and to make sure that that offspring survives. All of nature does that, okay? Now, of course, we're so much more than that, and I don't want to put that to the side, but I've really got to hammer that in. And this is what would makes people attracted to other people. And then we can get in the conversation about pheromones. So these are basically fatty molecules with very low water solubility. And so again, fat is an important construct of us being able to sense the pheromones and which makes us subconsciously and very like just a visceral thing attracted to another person are those pheromones. And these are secreted by one animal or human that causes some behavioral response in a second animal or human. And this is all affected by your body fat. When you get super low body fat being a female, your pheromone production is going to be all screwed up. As a matter of fact, you're probably going to have some disruption in your in your menstrual cycle as well. And that's again saying that you're you're not fertile, you know? And primarily subconsciously, men are not going to be as attracted to that. Now, I'm not saying this is across the board every case because different people like different things. But generally, I'm talking from a man's perspective. We don't care. We don't care about that, about you being 10% body fat. That's, to us, it's like most, if somebody, if it's like a real man, that's like, that's disrespectful, you know, mm-hmm. to want a woman to work that hard and do something that's very, very abnormal and unnatural and to get rid of her body fat that makes her healthy, that makes her vital and that makes her feel good because we've got some mixed up idea. And again, I'm talking about, because when I'm saying real man, because there are many men or boys, there are many boys who are 20, 30, 40 years old walking around, you know? So understanding that I'm really about people being more empowered and in particular women being more empowered to take back control of their body image and understanding that it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have some body fat. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's healthy. And when you start to work to diminish that, this can cause a lot of long-term negative problems, you know. But again, even as I'm saying that, though, I still want us to strive to be the best version of ourselves. But when I say that, that doesn't mean that we have to do all these ridiculous diets and ridiculous exercise and put ourselves through immense amount of pain to meet some cookie-cutter standard of what we're supposed to be. Right, right. It's about feeling good and, like, loving your body no matter if you look like the person on the commercials or whatever, like, because you're so confident in who you are. I'm actually reading this book right now. Um, I think it's called Why Men Love Bitches. <laughs> uh. um, it is, I recommend it to every woman. Like, I just, I, this is my second time to read it, actually. Um, you probably love it, too, just for the sake of knowledge and, and what have you. But this book, like, in one of the chapters, it just points out that what you just said, basically, like, you do not want a man who is that, you know, he just wants, like, your your body to look a certain way whatsoever. And if you rock the one you have 100%, 200%, then he's not going to notice a thing. And, like, for some reason, they gave up this this, um, one example 
where it was like, okay, so Sally's on a date with this guy and he took her to a wrestling match, which is weird. But then it was like, um, those, you know, those girls walk out in the skimpy outfits or whatever. And, you know, Sally is the good example. So the guy's like embarrassed. And so he looks away at the wrestling girls and looks at his date and she's just like sipping her drink. And she's just like kind of not even aware that there are girls, you know, out there because she's so confident and she's so like content. She doesn't even notice the guys are like out. I mean, the girls are out there like in those skimpy outfits and he kind of feels, um, strange for like looking at her trying to make her feel better but then he realizes oh she's fine and then like by the third round and the third time the girls come out um he couldn't take his eyes off her because you know he was so attracted to her and you know whatever but it ended up with sally not going back out with him because you know he took her to a wrestling match so (laughs) (laughs) it's a great great chapter and it made a lot of sense i'm probably butchering a little bit but um, and now that makes total sense Yeah, because men really, men really look for a woman who's just in her feminine, you know, just like you said, owning what she has, owning who she is. That is the most attractive thing to us is just witnessing a woman who's really in her feminine and understanding that it's, this is based on your genetics, your biochemistry. Women have more estrogen and this is just the way it's designed. And there's going to be higher fat levels associated with having more estrogen than the male body. And the fat distribution is generally going to be more on the butt, the thighs, the hips, but not generally around the waist. You know, when we get around that, I mean, there could be some genetic shifting happening there, but generally it's not like that until we get metabolically damaged through poor diet, through crash diets and, and crazy stressful type exercise or an inactivity on the other end of the spectrum that can disrupt things and start to make more belly fat as well. But men generally, because they don't have as much estrogen, they don't tend to carry much fat around the butt, thighs, hips, but it will show up on their belly, you know? And it's just how we're designed and there's nothing wrong with that. So to see a woman really rocking, being a woman is the most attractive thing in the world. Not that cookie cutter idea that a woman is supposed to be, but, you know, on TV and on magazines, that's not really what really does it for us. Right, right. I I love this conversation. I love I love what this is we're saying. And it's it's really interesting how like in in my case at least and I feel like for a lot of women, like I would much rather have a guy that's funny and confident than lean and like shredded and like honestly, it's weird. It's com- being completely honest. I've never been attracted to the cut up shredded muscular guy and like I've done bodybuilding shows so I've gone to these shows and seen the biggest of the big and like I didn't look at you know it, the weird thing is I didn't look at any of that the guys because I was so focused on my own body and like wondering mm-hmm. if I how I'm comparing to the other women so like I was right. staring at the women's bodies and my bodies couldn't even glance at the guys I could not care less what they looked like and like I didn't I just had no interest and I just it's the very last thing on my mind, on my, my uh, little list of qualities I look for, the way the guy looks, as long as he's healthy, as long as he likes to, yeah. you know, be active and he has a, a good diet, like, that's really all I care about. And he's got to be funny because I just really like humor. <laughs> so my list is I, that, you know. Man, so many guys right now, hopefully there's some guys that are listening and they're just like, their jaws are dropping because, you know, a lot of men feel the same way that they've got to look a certain way. They've got to have the six pack, they've got to have, you know, huge arms and, you know, big chesticles and that whole thing and just look a certain way. 
to really attract and keep the, the woman of their dreams, you know? So some people just even, you know, hearing that from you and, you know, you being such a beautiful person, hearing that, wait a minute, if I'm just working towards being healthy and being myself, having a good sense of humor, I might have a chance to pull Maddie, just maybe. <laughs> you know, that's so, so empowering. And I, and I hope that a lot of guys are hearing this because across the board, like nine times out of 10, women feel the same way, you know? And it's just, it's so interesting that we do these things to each other, but we don't talk about it because we both, we, both sides have false beliefs about what the other is thinking. You know, and it's so weird. Like we just need to, and this is why I'm really enjoying this too, to get this conversation going, to be honest and talk about like, what do we really want? You know, what do we really want? Not what the media says we want or not what you think I want. I'm going to tell you what I want, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, yeah, it really is. And, and like, just for another example, you know, I mean, honestly, I tend to look away a little bit when a guy is like, talking about how hard they work out or, you know, the next bodybuilding show they're going to do or whatever. I, my, honestly, my interest is lost at that point. And that's when I kind of check out and I'm like, oh man, that's great. But you know, you've got to value the other things in life. And I'm looking for someone who's not falling into the same thing that I've fallen into. You know, if someone's trying to get out of that, that cycle, then, you know, that's great. But if they're like happily in it and like they put their body and like their abs before a relationship or before, (laughs) relaxation or before sleep it's like ah and like you know all the girls are like in the movie the neighbors you know have you seen that you know yes uh, i have yeah so zach efron's all like shredded and i'm not even kidding i would way more go for seth rogan not joking like seth rogan like vince vaughn all those guys you're like not cut at all like i think they're so cute and attractive and like i could care less about like the Brad Pitts and the the Zac Efron's. I don't know, just the way I'm wired, I guess. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, again, you know, and I, I want to really hammer this point home too, is that no matter where you are, no matter how you're designed right now, as long as you're working towards health, that's what matters most. That's what really matters most. And then from there, it's just understanding that different people like different things. And I promise you that whatever you're rocking, there are going to be a multitude of people out there who would be into you, you know, and it's just really, again, about you owning who you are, really starting to affirm that you are unique and that you're beautiful and that you're special. And you're going to start to literally emanate and radiate more attraction. You know, more people are going to be attracted to you because I know, I know a bunch of guys who you would think, again, they're not the best looking guys ever, but, you know, so many women are attracted to them because of what they're radiating, because of their inner confidence, because of the work that they've done on themselves to be better people, you know, to be more skilled at being a human being, you know, which is very interesting. We got to get skilled to be a human being. But, you know, this is this stuff is so powerful. And if you want to, we can get in this maybe some some tips on kind of how to change your body image if you want to. Oh, yes. That was actually exactly what I was going to ask you for. Awesome. Well, so. I did, and as you mentioned, I did a whole show dedicated to this subject, but for me, these the ones that I'm going to share right now are probably the most important and most powerful. So I'm actually going to share a couple of things that I'm actually going to give an exercise, if that's okay. Oh, that's perfect. Go for okay. it. Okay. So for a lot of people, and especially for women, there's like a shield, there's a force field up, 
because of just what society kind of kind of throws at you being a woman. And it's much, much more difficult than any man could even have any idea of. And because of that, I found that a lot of women have a hard time receiving compliments. You know, even if someone says like, oh my God, your hair looks amazing today, or, you know, you look so beautiful, or have you been working out? Like you're looking amazing. But then in the back of their mind, they're like, I look like a cow today. Are you kidding me? Or my hair looks like, you know, I, I've, somebody put a basket on my head. What's wrong with you? That's, you know, that's totally not me. And there was a skit and it was on that show Inside Amy Schumer. And just kind of demonstrating how women would interact with each other. There was some friends, they kind of bumped into, into each other on the street. And the woman saw uh, one of her friends and she was like, oh my goodness, you look so amazing. You've been working out. She's like, what? I'm like an elephant. Are you kidding me? And then they kind of laugh and, you know, and they understand each other. Then they see another one of their friends and, you know, she's got a dress on and she's like, oh my goodness, you look so amazing. She's like, you know, I look like uh, Nancy Reagan. Are you kidding me? This dress is ugly. And then they, at the end of the skit, a girl comes along who's their friend and they're like, you look so beautiful. You're glowing. What's going on? She's just like, thank you. And then all the women's head exploded. They couldn't even rationalize. How's this woman just going to say thank you? You know, like we've got to talk bad about ourselves in our head at least. So with that said, I encourage, I encourage people to practice receiving compliments and really checking yourself when someone says, you know, you look great today or wow, you know, like your hair is amazing or, you know, whatever the compliment might, might be. You know, like, oh, that's, those are some amazing shoes, girl. That looks great. Whatever it is, find yourself, if you start to have that negative voice come up, repelling that compliment, instead, silence that voice and say, it's true. It's true. And you can say that internally, or you can literally say it externally. It's like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Thank you. You know, and be more confident in that. And that in and of itself is going to start to change your paradigm. Because why this is important is that the universe is giving you feedback that you're doing something right. You know, you're looking good. You're taking care of yourself, especially if you're working to take care of yourself. You're changing your health and you've got a goal in mind. And then you start to get the environmental feedback that things are changing. And then you repel it. You say, no, it's not true. It's not happening. You're going to start to have a bigger propensity to self-sabotage yourself because you're not getting the environmental feedback. You're not receiving it. You're getting it, but you're not receiving it, that you're actually doing a good job. So you're going to end up quitting. Okay. This is why it's so important to receive that environmental feedback and receive compliments. Okay. So practice receiving compliments well. All right. Thank you. Say thank you. Say it's true. Thank you. Um, another one is to, and we kind of talked about this already, is to acknowledge your uniqueness. Acknowledge the, the really cool beautiful, interesting things about yourself, you know, and every single person hearing my voice, no matter if you're lying to yourself right now, you have some beautiful qualities about you and you've heard it before. People have told you before, you know, it might be your eyes. It might be, you know, somebody said, you know, you've got the most beautiful lips I've ever seen or whatever it might be. Start to acknowledge and appreciate those unique qualities about yourself and really put more attention on that because I really feel that in our culture, we're told to focus more on our weaknesses than our strengths. And oftentimes they're not even weaknesses anyways. It's just how society has structured things. So we're always looking at the things that are wrong with us instead of the things that are right with us. You know, 
And for example, myself personally, and I've never, I've literally never said this before, but I'm internally a, a conscious of this, is that um, for years people would say that I have beautiful eyes and I would go places, like I went to Chipotle the other day and like the girl just stopped and she was like, oh my God, you've got the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. And I just kind of would brush it off, but I didn't brush it off the other day. I was like, really, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And it hit me a while ago because I was doing an interview on this show and the guest had seen me in California a while, a while back and I actually live in St. Louis. And to begin the show, she was like, you've got dreamy eyes or whatever. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. You know, and I really start to pay attention because I had pushed that away. Just like, whatever. It's just, I see out of these things. It's not a big deal to me, you know? But instead starting to acknowledge like, wow, that's really, that's a beautiful quality about me. And I'm so grateful and thankful that I have this quality that other people enjoy about me. And I'm going to start to enjoy them myself. So I've never shared that story before. So I hope that that can um, add some value to somebody. But oh, last, yeah, last I, I actually, I, I, I was thinking about this earlier today, weirdly enough. Like, I don't know exactly what I was doing. I was walking somewhere or... Um, I, I just, I really, really, and I have actually never said this either, but I really, really love my feet and that's the weirdest thing ever, but I really, <laughs> and it's like strange. Like yeah. I was, I was walking and I was looking down at my feet and I was like, oh man, I've always loved my feet. And people have told me before uh, that I have cute feet and it's like really strange because yeah. most people really don't like their feet, but I really like my feet. I think they're That's adorable. So awesome. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, it's crazy. Got another connection there because, uh, yeah, I'm not a conceited type of guy, but my feet are pretty awesome. Because <laughs> a lot, of, especially with guys, they don't really care, you know. And you take their shoe off, it's just like you know they're part Hobbit or something, right. you know. <laughs> but you know, for me, yeah, my feet are great, you know. And just like little things like that, it's so important. And it can be something like you just said, like something that you wouldn't normally think about that you can feel great about yourself and that you've got this good quality. And that's going to start to help you to see more and more good qualities about yourself again, instead of seeing the negative qualities. So one more strategy, and this is actually an exercise to do. And this is a process of giving thanks. And what I mean by that is acknowledging all of the amazing aspects of your body and all that your body has given you because it's given you so much. You know, even when talking about your feet, even if you don't enjoy the way your feet look out there, anybody, everybody, your feet have allowed you to walk. Your feet have allowed you to go up and to, to play a sport or to walk up to the person who you love and give them a hug. Your feet have allowed you to travel, you know. You've got feet. Some people literally don't even have their feet. You know, and start to think about that kind of stuff, you know. So it's an exercise where basically you lay down and this is a yoga term, but, you know, the, the shavasana, you know, kind of you're just laid out, which is the best pose ever because you're just laying there doing nothing. You probably fall asleep um, and you just lay there, focus on your breathing, take a deep breath in, three seconds, breathe out, three seconds just to kind of center yourself and then we'll start at your feet. And you put all of your attention to your feet. And right now, I know everybody hearing my voice is actually thinking about their feet. Your toes are moving around. You, your attention is now there. Why wasn't your attention there before? You know, it's a little side question. But it's because um, our, our attention span is very, very focused. You know, so if you're thinking about your toes all the time, 
you're not going to be able to pay attention to the quality of conversation or whatever you're trying to learn. Um, but your body is recording and everything is still active all the time. I don't even know why I got into that. Oh, really quickly is because your, your focus and your attention is very powerful. So we can actually start to shift our focus whenever we want to. Just like we were able to shift our focus to our, our feet and to our toes, we can shift our focus to our goals and to happiness. We don't have to be sad. We don't have to be depressed. It's a shift of our focus, okay? Anyway, so we're laying there. You center yourself, deep breath in, deep breath out. Focus on your toes and give thanks. Thank you, toes. Thank you so much for all of the activities that you've allowed me to do and helping me to stand and have stability. I thank you so much. I love you. Then you can move to your entire feet or your ankles and say, thank you, ankles. I appreciate the movement that you give my body and enabling me to stand up and to sit down and to walk. I'm so grateful for you. You move up to your legs, so on, move up to your thighs, your hips, your belly, your internal organs if you want to. You know, Thank you, stomach, for helping to really digest my food and break it down and help me to assimilate the energy that I put into you. And I thank you so much and, and, I, and I, I'm devoted to putting great things into you. Okay, and then you move, just continue to move of your body. Give thanks for every body part. This is a very, very, very powerful exercise. You might cry. You might, you know, just be extremely happy afterwards. You might feel like a weight has been lifted off of you. But I encourage you to try that exercise. You know, just, you don't got to do it every day, but maybe just once, maybe once a month. But even doing it one time can really start to free you up and put you back in to a place to where you're acknowledging how amazing you really are. And because who's going to appreciate, appreciate your body if you don't, you know, it really starts with you. So there you have it. Oh, I love it, man. Sean, you should really consider recording yourself doing guided meditations and putting it on YouTube because I was so relaxed. <laughs> you, you've got it. You've just planted the seed, Maddie. It shall be done. You have the voice. You, you would totally rock that. And I mean, it, what you're saying makes a lot of sense and just even going beyond the, the physical aspects of your body and thinking about the, you know, body image, like what we're talking about. And you're focusing so much on what you don't like about your body. Before you know it, you're going to be 75 years old and you're right. going to miss out on all the times that you could have appreciated what you do have. Like right. the other day I was, um, it's so crazy how your mindset, I mean, the law of attraction, once you start to think differently, you start hearing things differently and you start you know, being at the the right place at the right time. And like, just all of a sudden in the past two weeks, I've, I mean, I've been taking a, a break from the gym for the past two weeks. I haven't gone to the gym. I've done nothing but walking and yoga. And it's been awesome and much needed break. And the past two weeks, I've also been just like coming across these conversations and kind of like listening in on things that I'm, I mean, I'm not like part of the conversation, but just hearing things like, I was at um, I was at like some consignment shop yesterday. Yes, I left a thrift shop, and I was walking by these two old older women, and they were just talking about how like they love this dress because it covers their arms, and they started laughing, and they were like, "Man, when I was 25 years old, I had the best arms. I didn't even have to work for it." And like, why couldn't I have appreciated it now? Because now I I so wish I had those arms, but I was so concerned about how they were looking that I could never appreciate what they looked like and I totally could have worn this dress like but now I have to go with this dress because it covers my arms and they were just just giggling about it and then literally like 
right after that, I went into another store and I heard these two younger girls talking and one was, I walked in at the very end of the conversation, but one was just like, man, my friend just looks so amazing in these, these leggings and she just won't wear them because she thinks that, you know, you can see your cellulite right through it. And like, she's just so self-conscious about it. And I'm like, man, like, who do you care? Because you look so beautiful. And I just yeah. so wish that she knew that life was like not about being perfect. And then she, I don't know what she's yes. saying. She was like, guys like have beer bellies and like really <laughs> hairy backs and like they're okay with it. So like we should totally be okay with our cellulite. It's fine. Like it's so human. And it was just like the best. It was just the best conversation. I'm so glad I got to walk in on it. And yeah. just, I've been focusing my attention to, to the great things about my, I mean, like, I've heard you say that before about the, the, the um, laying on your back and like appreciating things and your belly and like being grateful you can digest things. Like some people can't do that. And yes. they're like in pain and we have working bellies. And like, instead of focusing on the external part of our belly that we don't like, like extra body fat, we should focus on all the awesome things going on on the inside. Like we're alive, we're breathing, we're digesting, we're walking, we're talking, we're laughing, we're crying. Like, it's unbelievable that we're able to do all these things. So why do we spend so much time frowning and, you know, crying and being upset about the tiny little things that we don't like about ourselves that no one else notices? Right, right. Wow. It was not an accident you walked in on those two conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, because now that's going to potentially reach thousands of other people. You know, and for them to kind of check in with themselves and see where am I being that character and where could I be, you know, so thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really incredible. And I'm just really grateful to start to see these things and hear these things and just change my mind because once you do change your mind, you feel a little bit invincible and you just feel so good and you feel that's how you really start to build your confidence back up as you truly love your baby toes and your fingernails and your liver, you know? Yeah, exactly. So before we go here, we're coming up on the hour, but I really want to just touch on the awesome book that you have just released that I have, and I've started reading it, and I'm so excited, and it's about sleep. And um, just can you just give people just a, a couple tips that they can use right now on how they can better their sleep, and maybe even tell us why we need to be focusing on our sleep a little bit more these days. Got you. All right, so I'm going to drill this down because we're short on time, so I'm going to make this super potent and awesome. So number one, we've got to start to understand the value of sleep itself. And for everybody listening, uh, sleep is known as the anabolic state. It's the time that your body is secreting the most powerful transformational hormones, Okay, so if you're not getting adequate sleep or you're not getting optimal high quality sleep, you're not going to be getting the hormones to change your body fat, to change your insulin sensitivity, to to produce the anti-aging hormones to keep you young and vital. You know, you're not going to be getting that stuff. Or if you're getting it, you're not getting as much as you possibly could. It's so super valuable. And even if you're interested in just brain, you know, your brain performing at a high level and productivity and getting stuff done and really enjoying your life. One of the interesting studies that I put into the book is that they took executives and they had them to complete a task. Then they had them uh, go through a deprivation of sleep process where they basically had them sleep deprived for 24 hours. 
They had them do the same task. Number one, they made 20% more mistakes. Number two, it took them four times as long to complete the same task. So oftentimes, like if we've got 17 things to do and sleep is one of them, we'll just say, I'm just going to skip on the sleep. And what you're going to find is that that's, that other 16 is going to turn into 500 because you're not going to be as effective. There's a difference between doing work and being effective at it. You know, and when you're compromising your sleep, you're not going to be as effective at your work and you're going to end up missing out on so much more in your life. So there we have it. And as far as the body, one night, just one night of poor sleep quality can make you as insulin resistant as a type 2 diabetic. Okay. And what that transpires over to is basically more belly fat storage, which is obviously not going to be one of the things that we necessarily want. Um, and also, um, basically like a, you're going to become metabolically broken. Like your hormones are just not going to function properly because insulin is your body's number one fat storing hormone. And when that starts to get out of whack, a lot of negative things could happen that we're not going to really get into. I want to get more so into how do we fix this? All right. So here's a couple of strategies and never once in my book do I say you need to get eight hours of sleep or not, whatever the cookie cutter answer. It's not about that. It's about optimizing the sleep you are getting. So here's tip number one. And this is one of my favorite chapters in the book. Train hard, but smart. Okay, exercise is important, obviously. But there's a couple of things that we can do wrong to really screw this up and make the exercise negatively impact our sleep. But there's some things we can do with exercise to make our sleep better. There was a study out of Appalachian State University and they had the study participants exercise it three times Okay, three different times. The different groups exercise at 7 a.m. or 1 p.m. or 7 p.m. And what they discovered, and this is so interesting, and everybody's got to take advantage of this, is that the morning exercisers spent up to 75% more time in the deep rejuvenative stages of sleep. Okay, so exercising in the morning will help you sleep better at night. This is so powerful. Everybody really take this on because it can just really change the game for you. So and this doesn't mean like you've got to make time to like get to the gym if your schedule's really stacked in a, in a different way that that's not going to work for you. But do something active. Do some yoga in the morning. Do some rebounding on the mini trampoline. Um, get out and go for a power walk. Do something to get your body alive and awake. Get your blood flowing in the morning because it's going to help you sleep better at night. So here's one of the problems on the other side. What they discovered was that individuals who were working out later in the evening had uh, radical secretion more of cortisol. And when it starts to get dark outside in particular, you should be producing more melatonin. And cortisol and melatonin are at op opposite ends of the spectrum. If cortisol is up, melatonin is down, okay? Melatonin is the get good sleep hormone. It might be the most powerful endogenous anti-cancer hormone that we have as well. This is why the World Health Organization has stated that shift work or staying up overnight and not sleeping is a class three carcinogen in and of itself. And why that is, is because it's damaging your hormones, it's damaging your melatonin. So with that said, 24 hour gyms, uh, that's just, it's crazy. The whole idea of that is just crazy. To be up at one o'clock in the gym, you're, you're like literally biologically not wired up that way. So that might be cute for a Facebook status or to post something on Instagram, but in reality, in the long term, you're gonna be damaging your hormones. And what we tend to see is, Younger people are the ones tending, tending to do that because you can, quote, get away with that, that kind of stuff. But for young people, I want them to understand that you're accelerating your aging process by doing that. 
Okay, so we want to get the exercise in in the early part of the day, and then if we're exercising in the evening slash afternoon, we want to try to wrap things up at least four hours before your your ideal bedtime. Okay, so that's tip number one. Tip number two: avoid the screens before bedtime. So what does that mean? Well, all of our technology and our wonderful devices. I've got my iPhone right here. I've got my Mac. I love these guys and make my life so much easier. But we've got to understand that these are new inventions, and our, we're not genetically wired up to be staring into this bright screen with all these pixels and lights shooting back into our body all the time now. All right. So, what's been discovered is that there's a, in particular, there's a blue spectrum of light that's emitting from our devices that triggers our body to secrete more cortisol. So if you're doing this, if you're up like right before bed, you know, you want to go to bed at 10.30 or whatever, and you're at, up at 10 o'clock answering emails, this is going to cause a decrease in your melatonin, increase in your cortisol. And actually, there was a study, it's the Lighting Research Center at Rensselaer Polytechnic. And they showed that just two hours of iPad use at maximum brightness was enough to suppress people's normal nighttime release of melatonin, Okay. Just that in of itself. And this is a newer study. So we're looking at iPads, right? And if your melatonin is thrown off, your entire sleep cycle is going to be thrown off. So avoid the screens for before bedtime. Give yourself a, a screen curfew of at least 90 minutes, I'd recommend. In the book, I've got some sleep hacks because um, even last night, I was on my device a little bit later. But I teach you how to do that. you know. So And I would love to get into it, but you know, we're running short on time. So... Um, it's not that you don't have, you can't use your devices. You've got to find creative ways. But the best way is to grab a book, talk to people, you know, use your, your landline, get on the phone or whatever, um, talk to your family at home, find something else to be offline before you go to bed. All right. And one more tip. I'll give one more. Is that okay? Or No, that's perfect. Go for it. Okay. So one more tip. How about two? I'll give you two. Is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could pick between these two. Okay. So tip number three. Get your friends out of your room. What does that mean? I'm talking about these electronic devices. So for a lot of people, when you walk into their bedroom, it's like Circuit City, Best Buy location in their room. There's all the, you know, they got the TV, the laptop, iPad, iPhone. It's just crazy in there. And that this is piggybacking on the, the, the tip I just gave, first of all. But second of all, these devices are also emitting electromagnetic fields. So even if you're not using your phone, it's still kicking off radiation mm -hmm. that has been shown to disrupt your sleep. And a lot of people today, they're using their phone like a Swiss army knife, right? It does everything. It's like, but Sean, you know, it's my alarm clock. <sighs> Just get an alarm clock. You know, you don't got to use your phone. You don't have to have your phone right by your head. And research was shocking. And I put a lot of it in the book about how many, like the percentage of people that literally have their phone right next to their head while they sleep is crazy. So just understanding that that will intrinsically damage your sleep quality as well by having the radiation coming off of these devices. So get that stuff out of your room. Make your bedroom into a sleep sanctuary and somewhere that's about calm and peace and relaxation and not where you go to watch television or to do your work. <clears throat> you should never bring your work to bed with you. And also watching TV in bed might seem like a mundane activity, but parts of your brain are lighting up like the 4th of July. It's like it's going crazy. And it's going to intrinsically damage your sleep quality. Last tip. Here we go. Tip number four is to get to bed at the right time. Okay. It's not about how much you sleep as much as, it, as much as it is about when you sleep. It's just like an investment. It's not about how much you invest. It's about when you invest. 
Like if you invested in, you know, um, what is it, uh, IBM or like Google or Whole Foods or something when they first went public, it didn't matter if you in, you know invested a thousand or ten thousand, you were going to get a nice return, you know. And it's more so about the timing. So this is why, for example, some people might get eight hours of sleep. They might sleep from like 2 a.m. to, to 10, 10 a.m. or 1 to, to 9, but they're waking up and they're still feeling, feeling tired and groggy. Research has shown that between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. are the most anabolic stages of sleep that a human can get. And you're going to get a more dense or greater increase in production of human growth hormone, melatonin, and all these wonderful things. So starting to time and make sure that you're getting at least a couple of those hours is going to be very, very powerful for you. And, and here's why. I want to give everybody one more important takeaway and reason why this is. Around the time, around about 10 p.m., your body goes through a transformation following a natural rise in melatonin, which we talked about. This transformation increases internal metabolic energy. All right, so you're going to get an energy increase. This is internal. And this is to repair, strengthen, and rejuvenate your body. However, if you're up around that time, if you're up around the time your body goes to that transformation, what you're going to experience is like a second wind, right? You're going to feel energized. And I know this has happened to people before, is that, you know, you're driving home from work or, you know, it's like five, six o'clock, seven maybe, and you're like, man, I'm going to sleep good tonight. I'm going to bed early. You're yawning, driving the car, sun's going down. And then you get home, you start doing stuff. Start watching a little bit of Game of Thrones or whatever it is that you're into, Walking Dead, whatever it might be. You get on the computer, you start going on Facebook and whatever. And all of a sudden, it's like 10 o'clock past 11. And you just feel like wired. Like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just up. It's like, what happened? Well, you, you experience the energy second wind. And that energy that you're up using was supposed to be there to repair your body and to improve your hormone function. And to basically create a better version of you because your body doesn't change while you're up. If you go to the gym, you're tearing your body down, okay? When you walk into the gym, you're in, you're in pretty good shape. When you do the workout, you're in worse shape than when you walked in the gym. Your body changes while you're asleep. And I want people to understand that. So to get that money time is what we call it, between the hours of 10, uh, 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., make sure you're getting some of that quality time in there. And you're going to notice that you're going to get much more rejuvenated and a higher quality level of sleep. Oh, man. Those are amazing tips. I'm, like, so excited to go to sleep now. I'm just, like, <laughs> really excited. Like, you made sleep sound so much more interesting than it normally I, seems. I don't know if anybody's ever said that before. I'm so excited to go to sleep now. That's awesome. <laughs> Christmas. Well, if Christmas, yeah. People, you know, kids are like, I can't wait to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. that's the night I could never go to sleep. I would seriously be up all night because too much excitement going on. Same like the first day of school. But I think out of all those tips, the one that I would probably need to work on the most is the turning off electronics at least 90 minutes before I go to sleep because I do that normally until it's like 15 minutes till bedtime. And then like 10 minutes before bed, I read I read a book and then I sleep, but you know, 20 minutes before I'm still looking at my computer. So that's a really good tip. And, um, I feel like that's going to improve quality of sleep a ton. Just, I mean, it just makes so much logical sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Amazing. Um, very last question. You can make this short. I just have to ask, cause I ask all my guests, what would be the number one tip for that you would give someone to strengthen their mind body connection? Mm, to strengthen their mind-body connection. 
wow, I mean, this is so obvious and easy for me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I devoted an entire chapter to this, but meditation, mm-hmm. um, this is something that's so important and it really changed. Well, I'm sorry, it didn't change you. I, I mean, I don't really feel that people change. I think that we become more ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and meditation didn't change me. It helped me to come, become more myself. And I devoted a certain portion of my life really working on that and to, you know, kind of working on enlightenment and that whole thing. But what it really became was me having a practice to where I felt centered. No matter what's going on around me, I still had that, that space, that inner space and that confidence and that peace and that, that ability to communicate, that ability to affect change in the world around me instead of me being so influenced by the world around me. You know, it's just such an empowering thing. And it helps to really, like I said, it helps you to become more yourself. So meditation is, is very powerful. And it's actually, it's so funny when we talked about Christmas and having all that like anxiety and excitement. And it's basically, it's like this inner chatter is going on. Um, but that's what I talk about because some people deal with that on a day-to-day basis because they're some, whatever, you know, some, something's going on in their mind. So I, I describe and break down and show how meditation can help to remedy that and reverse that situation in the book and strategies to do that, you know, because it's one thing to just be like, ah, oh, you need to meditate. I'm not talking about drinking the Kool-Aid and like sitting cross-legged in a, in a cave somewhere. I'm talking about real world. Here's how to do it. Here's a couple of strategies, techniques. Here's some even some stuff to do right before you go to bed or while you're in bed to help you to get a better night's sleep. So meditation is the bee's knees. I don't even feel that it's negotiable in our world today. But it, what is negotiable is how you do the meditation. It doesn't have to be the, the thing that most people think about. It can be some, as simple as walking in the park and counting your footsteps. You know, it's just being more conscious, being more mindful of the way you're eating, you know, even. There's so many ways that we can integrate meditation into our lives. And I really feel that that's the thing that strengthens our mind-body connection more than anything. Oh, exactly. That is a great answer. And if you're listening to this show and you're one of those people that are just like, oh, you know, Meditation makes me feel uncomfortable. I just, I like, you know, I like hitting the weights and it's not about that. It's not, it's not a physical exercise. It's a mental exercise and you're probably the person that needs to do it the most. And I say this because I can, because that's me. (laughs) And like, I'm always thinking, oh man, I don't have time for it. You know, my, my mind, uh, release is when I'm at the gym, but that's not true. It's not true. You're, you can be practicing meditation just in the car driving home. So that's really good advice. And I can, totally attest that that works because I've been doing that just for the past month and I feel so much better. So thank you for that. And lastly, can you just let us know where we can find you online? Absolutely. So you already mentioned my show, uh, the Model Health Show on mm-hmm. iTunes. Uh, that's my favorite thing ever in the world to do right now. And uh, so people can check me out there. And like you said, we talk about a bunch of amazing, amazing topics. So really, really fun stuff there. And my home online is the Sean Stevenson Model dot com the sean stevenson model.com you can just go to dr google i'll pop up number one and uh, you can check me out there and got a bunch of videos and and articles and my shows there as well and uh, if anybody wants to get sleep smarter which this is like mandatory reading now really is uh just head over to amazon.com type in sleep smarter and you'll see the book there it's number one bestseller right now and i'm so grateful and people are sleeping better all over the world as a result of it so Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sean. You're just 
really an awesome guy and I enjoy listening to all of your podcasts and I'm really excited to get started reading this book and I'm 100% sure that I need to have you back on this show very soon. So thank you so much. I would be totally honored, Maddie. You're awesome and I love what you're doing and I appreciate you so much. So thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Sean. I'll see you later. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks again for listening, friends. I'm Maddie Moon, and you have been enjoying the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, mindbodymusings.com, where you can also sign up for my free ebook, How to Love Your Body Again 10 Easy Steps to Stop Sacrificing and Start Living. I created this book to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be rid of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening.